0: It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: For all all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Nat and Justin. What up, guys? We're back. It's Justin and Nat golden spaces odyssey original podcast um i'm really enjoying my time out here in san francisco even though it's been hella rain it's been great it really has um and last night i got to ask dante questions which i was excited about because i've got a few loon questions and i did talk to loon again last night but i feel like no, I think I've only asked Loon questions two nights out of the three games that I've gone to. But I've seen Loon now three times. I've seen Clay two times, asked Clay questions both times. Um, so I was really hoping for some new people. I did get Ty Jerome in there. So I was hoping for some new people. So Dante and Wiggins last night. So I did get to ask them questions and I was not shy. I asked them multiple questions. So um, I talked to Dante though and I, I asked him um I asked him what he saw in that second half first of all like you know because it seemed like that's where the game got away from them um but then I asked him if the team is feeling any collective fatigue and um here's what he has to say Greg can you um cue up the clip please do you think there's a level of fatigue that the team is feeling collectively from just having so many guys out till this
0: point yeah I mean absolutely just the wear and tear of the season guys that you know Minutes are you know, maybe in the, the low 20s or in the mid 30s Um, we had a game that went in the double overtime game over every other day and you know It's that balance of you know trying to practice and trying to you know Keep developing and also taking care of your body. So um, You know it's a grind But I think the biggest thing and the best thing to look forward to is you know We got guys coming back and I think the more games the more minutes they get under their belt it allows everybody to kind of settle in and you know we're i think we're we're going in the right direction but we definitely have a long way to go and i think we'll settle in as those guys come back
1: okay so so there you go like he basically acknowledged that they're tired and you know players don't like to say that because when i tried to when i tried to ask clay about that um after the loss to the pistons he kind of just dismissed that and was like no I'm not feeling it and I'm not and we know some players are just going to respond like that like they're not going to always acknowledge and own that and maybe because of two it was just one loss right so he didn't want to say that but um, I liked that he acknowledged but he also gave a really just detailed break you know guys who normally play 20 minutes now they're playing 30 minutes you have double you know he took us through it from the players perspective and I don't, I hope that helps fans understand because they're just like, I mean, we're more rested than Orlando because Orlando has to fly. Like Orlando's a young team all around collectively. Like they got young legs. We have older guys. They've just played double overtime. Clay is getting late scratches. That's, that's, that's not just his prior two injuries. That's also him being an older player, guys. We've already Mm -hmm. heard Draymond is like, you know, playing with some like Knicks, you know, it's like collective fatigue builds up over time. Like you don't just recover from that because you had two nights of rest off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also taking to an account like what Jordan is seeing on the court and coverages. Like, I don't think people are grasping how exhausting that is. And Justin, you're better equipped to talk about this than me. So can you help like break some of this down and 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 how that fatigue starts to seep in?
2: Yeah, I mean, you already hit it, hit the nail on the head like guys are they've essentially went through training camp, went through the majority of the season at this point, preparing their bodies to play a certain amount of minutes. Um, Obviously, the main guys are going to be prepared to to push the limits a little bit. But when you have two, three, thirty five a game, thirty five minutes a game, guys out for an extended period of time, you got a bunch of dudes that come in and play 12, 13 minutes at a time they're out. It just, it wears on your body. Um, and then even if you have two days of rest, it doesn't erase the, the last two weeks. You know what I mean? Like that you've been playing a lot of basketball, a lot of minutes, tough games, um, games that went down to the wire, a double overtime game. Like that stuff definitely adds up, especially when you're older, it gets harder to recover. Um, and you know, Clay's had multiple injuries and stuff like that. So he has to navigate how his joints feel and stuff like that. Like you said, Draymond had the back thing. Looney, even though he's been Iron Man for this season and last season, that in itself is tough, right? He's played every – he played every game last season, went through the playoffs. Now he's played every game this season. It's just – it's tough. It, it wears on your body. They're banging down there. So, I mean, it's, it's – they're human, right? Um, Clay – Clay's very prideful, so you can you can expect him to answer in the way that he did. Like, yeah, I'm not tired, you know. And he's also again off those two injuries, he doesn't want to seem like like weak in any way, right? He's like, I'm good, like so that's expected. But Dante kept it real, like, yeah, we're feeling it a little bit, and you can't really blame him. So I mean, it is what it is. Like you said, Jordan is just he's seeing a lot of attention. He's carrying a a, a massive offensive load, so you can imagine that. He's mentally and physically fatigued as well. Um, So, getting guys back is paramount for them to kind of get back on track and taper some guys' minutes down so they can get their bodies back in order.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I you just touched on like something I want to follow up on. You talked about mental fatigue as well, right? There's something that comes with that as well, right? Because people are just like, you know, I just want them to show up and give their all. Like, I'm like do you show up for your jobs every day and give 100%? I know I don't, I don't, we're human. So why Mm -hmm. do you expect them to? Like, even if technically their bodies are recovered, there's a mental factor of like, you're 100% focused, giving your all. And like, that's sometimes hard to do. And like, I can understand if they're just like, look, we just don't got it tonight. (laughs) Like, that just happens. And I don't know why that just can't be okay for the,
2: <laughs> I mean, a lot of a lot of people view professional sports like like athletes are like robots or something. Like they don't have any emotional, mental, um, psychological factors that you know affect how they feel on a day to day. Like all those, and not things just the affect- game,
1: but other family issues, right? Things that come up that we don't even fucking know about.
2: It's it's eighty two games plus preseason <laughs> plus training camp plus the playoffs. They're not going to be. Hundred and ten percent ready to go every single time they step on the court. It, it just is what it is, um, and that's why some people are asking for the season to be shortened, right? Because it's stuff like this. Like you just—they're human beings. They're going to have games where they just don't have it, and it is. What it, it came at a at a time where you would hope that they would just run the table and win every single home game on this stretch, and just be in third place by the end of it. And then Steph comes back, and they just shoot up the first place. Like it's just not gonna. Like that, no one thought
1: that going in this is why right now this kind of reaction is like sort of frustrating to me because it's like y'all didn't even think we were winning any games y'all were ready right. to wipe off the season people were talking about rebuild like y'all were not even here we mm-hmm. were just like we just want them to stay around 500 like i hope they win the sun's game but even if, I, if they don't i don't really care Because they'd be what at worst one game under 500. Their best player, their best (laughs) two players were out, arguably, if you consider Andrew second best. But two of their top three guys, four guys were out, one of them being their very best player who makes everything work, right? And so he's been out. Wiggins has been out. Listen. One game under 500, to me, that's a huge win, even if that's where they end up, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, now, like, yes, I know they're going to be going on the road, but you have Steph coming back. I take that shit any day of the week as their position when you consider everything that you've had to factor in.
2: Yeah. And they're going to be – Steph should be coming back at game 42 of the season. They're officially (laughs) in the second half of the season at that point. If you get to – I mean, if you look at last year – Half of the season, they were essentially a 500-level team because of all the injuries and stuff that they were going to. But they started the season so well, they were well above 500 to start the season. Um, It kind of coasted and, and rode that into um, the playoffs. And then at the end, they had to play. They had to win, like, their last two games or three games or something to get the third seed. Right. But you're hoping for something similar this year. Steph comes back at, at the midway point, and they can kind of go on a little run the second half of the season to end up wherever they need to end up. Um, in the playoffs. And I think ultimately that's what's going to happen. You see other teams also on skids, which also should be another reason why you shouldn't be pulling your hair out about two losses at this point. Because, I mean, look at the standings. Um, Clippers have lost five in a row. The, the Suns have lost five in a row. The Kings lost two in a row. Um, The the Trailblazers lost two in a row. So we're not losing that much ground. They literally could win their next game and be really
1: no ground at all. It's like the only thing we're losing is the opportunity to create separation. But like, you're not, you're not like, we cannot say Steph is as good as he is and then be surprised that the team struggles to win without him. You're not supposed to win without your best player guys. At some point it's going to catch up. Right? Like this is the thing that happens. It's like, we when we've lost staff or even like last year, like when Dre went out or different things, we either started off losing a lot and then we won a lot. Or like here we started winning a lot and now they're tapering off. So Mm -hmm. it ends up being the 500 result we're hoping happens, but it doesn't look like they win a game, they lose a game, they win a game, they lose a game. So I think that's what the issue is, right? Because it doesn't, they, they, they go and they win these five games. So now you just want them to keep winning. But at some point, Right. And it's going catch up to you like you're not supposed to win without your best guys like you need them that's why right. they're stars all stars and superstars
2: yeah and it's, and it's not even like you're just missing again back to uh either two episodes ago where I said it's not like they're just missing stuff they just got wigs back he's on a minutes restriction they're missing Kaminga, Kaminga, Wiseman jmg like guys that can at least just be bodies and preserve minutes for the other guys that are just on back clay just late game scratch out of nowhere. Like, come on, like we just got to be realistic a little bit more. Um, And if guys go through a rough patch, stop asking for them to be traded like <laughs> proven players like you keep asking for guys like about their question their contract and all this type of stuff like be realistic like these guys are not robots they're human beings like come on
1: the jordan pool shit honestly really fucking annoys me he's not a good basketball player like he just had what like five 20 point games like whether it's super efficient or not like you're, you're not getting that because you're a bad basketball player right like that's why that's why like I remember when uh, Matt Barnes like jumped into like Nick Wright's mentions, like how the fuck you going to call Andrew Wiggins a bad basketball player? Like he was just so appalled, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I get it. Like people felt like Andrew at the time when he was in Minnesota, didn't live up to like the standards they thought he would be for like a number one pick or whatever. But like, like, it's just, it was, come on. Like some people just get really crazy with these things they're saying about players like Jordan Poole is like a very promising basketball player. Like, let's just get that very clear. He absolutely fucking deserved his contract. And it's just like people tell me, I don't care what kind of coverage he's seeing. Well, then I'm not going to have a conversation with a fucking irrational person. Because, like, <laughs> if you're not going to contextualize the coverages he's seeing and then also understand that there's no other offensive weapons really out there on the court with him okay and he's not yet the level of player that steph curry is and may never be because steph curry is a generational talent and top five to seven player of all time right? right like so he may not ever be that you watch Kevin Durant struggle with double teams you watch him at his great experienced age like struggle with them in that Celtics series and then y'all are shocked that Jordan Poole is struggling I I just don't understand Justin
2: (laughs) yeah people just a fourth
1: year young developing player
2: right they people want to have their cake and eat it too they want everything to be perfect at all times and if it isn't then burn the whole house down and it's just in a, an annoying stance to, to take, but yeah.
1: What can Jordan Poole be doing out there? You know, uh, listen, he's look, the team is getting some relief. Dante noted it like they're getting some guys back. I think everyone is like, Yes, we getting Steph back soon because it's not just Steph's 30 that you're missing, it's how much easier he makes the game mm-hmm. for the rest of them, too, right? And you're going to see, I just think, improvement all around because you're going to see all those other guys improve because now he's taking back so much of the attention away from them and also making it so much easier for them to score. Right. So it's it's not just his output, but it's also how he makes the game easier for them. So you can tell they're looking forward to that. Um, but look, there will still probably be some more games that Jordan will play without Steph. We know he's coming back from injury, so he will likely be on a minute's restrictions. Kerr was already not really playing him that much on back-to-backs. I think he might've done it twice for him this year, but for the most part, he was resting him. So um, there will probably be more games that Jordan plays without Steph. So what can he do? Like, what would you hope for him to start seeing on the court to try to navigate his coverages that he's seeing right now.
2: Yeah. I think he should be a little bit more decisive with his moves. Um, Take a little less time to make a decision when he gets the ball in an ISO situation or whatever the case may be, he'll catch it and then he'll like jab, jab, and then just like not do anything. And it's like, you just wasted three seconds, you know, like now you have to rush whatever you're going to do. The the defense is now set up because guys are just watching you. Um, so I think he should just make quicker decisions, make decisive decisions. I know that's kind of a redundant word to say, but he should go to the basket a little bit more. Um, I understand like the, his legs might not be there to consistently drive and stuff like that, but I think he'll have a higher success rate if he does that rather than settling for long jumpers with no legs, you know? And his shots shots been kind of off all season anyway. So trying to draw some fouls, just being quick with his decisions, um, setting guys up, even if it's like, driving just to kick out to a non-shooter, like just make a quick decision so the ball can keep moving and you don't like stall the offense.
1: Yeah. And all of that. And I still have no doubt about JP. Like he's going to show up when we need him. He's already proven that. And I'm, I'm really not worried about him to, to be honest. Like when the team gets back to the proper construction of what it should be, like, they're going to be fine. And we just got to find ways right now to win when it's not. And I feel like even this year, he has stepped up a lot already in the absence of Mm -hmm. staff and when Clay's not there. And I, at some point, I feel like it's just really fucked up the way people are like acting towards him, the fan base. I really do.
2: And, and like I, like I said, in reference to lamb, the averages are the averages for a reason. Right. But when you look at Jordan's career, right? Other than his rookie season where he was still trying to get his legs under him and stuff like that. The last two seasons, he's been a mid-30s um, three-point shooter on high volume and high difficulty, right? When the shots get easier, when he gets his rhythm, he's going to regress positively to the mean where his, correct, where his career average is. Um, and I think it's, it might end up being like an avalanche, right? Where he goes a month, two months shooting 40% from three or something like that. But he's going to end up at a higher three point percentage than where he is right now he's not a 30 percent three point shooter like we all know that so when it when it does happen it's 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 going to look like there's going to be a bunch of people who are saying trade him and is he don't he's not worth his contracts to be a bunch of people saying like oh he's our second best player you know like stuff like that so just just it's a long season stay the course he's a young player that's still developing he he needs to get a little bit more consistent, but that comes with experience. And I think by the end of the season, this conversation won't even be a conversation.
1: All right. That sounds like a good place to end this segment. Thank you for tuning in. This is Golden Spaces, and Odyssey your original podcast with Justin and Nat. We will be right back.